and we're on. Cool. Hello, everybody. This is Like Father, Like Son, Like Movies. I'm the father. And I'm the son. My name's Stuart. His name is Sam. We need a better rhythm for this opening, I think. All right, let's try again. Okay. When I stopped. It's been a while, though, you know? Yeah. It's been how long? Since like April. Several months. Yeah. Should we explain our absence? We should explain our absence. I kind of like the idea of not even having an intro. All right. So, how do you want to? How do you want to start it? I think you just, uh, I think we just start recording while we're talking and then okay. you just start. Kind of like you know? this. It's almost like people, when they turn on the podcast, it's almost like they just walked in the room. Okay. So you're saying I don't have to like start us again. We'll just keep going. Yeah. Right. Okay. I don't know. What do you think? I don't have any thoughts about it. Okay. I <laughs> probably think, I probably think too much about this stuff, but I don't. I don't have any great mind for it, so it probably doesn't do much good. But yeah. as long as it is as informal of an operation as we have here, it almost yes. seems like we could just lean into that. It's very, yeah, it's very uh, us. For example, you can hear mom coming in the door right now. Uh, could you hear her? I heard her. That's how I knew she she's coming a, in the door. She's all the way in the other room. That means this <laughs> microphone is really working. It's a good mic. It's really is that the, the job. that's the snowball, right? That is the blue snowball. So I have both of the Yetis now. Okay. Which because I was blaming them for our audio issues, but it was probably my computer. Unless that starts to happen again, you'll tell me. I'm sure. Yeah. Right. Um, but I should. Well, we say were having that. issues, which I had commented about on prior episodes, where. Uh all of a sudden your sound quality would degrade very, very badly. And so we would have to start and stop and edit. And, uh, and then you had some internet issues. um, Oh my God. Because you you live in the middle of fricking nowhere. And yeah, but it's not even that it's, it's because it's because I use, I share the Wi-Fi with my landlady. So the modem modems in her house because I live behind her house. Yeah. And the modem's in her house. So if there's an okay. issue, I can't do anything yeah. about it because I don't have access to the modem. So it's just, yeah. and she doesn't know what she's doing. It's, it's been, it's been annoying, but I think hopefully she never listens to this. Sorry, Sandra, if you do, but I think it's her fault because she's been out of town now for a week and it's been working fine. So, so I think, do you think she she's like messing with the modem when she's in her house or? What do you no, know what's going on? Well, I mean, I think she does restart it sometimes, but that's only because it goes out. I think mm-hmm. the reason it goes out is because she has a really old computer that sucks up all the bandwidth. And the reason I think that is because I got the impression that one of the uh, Wi-Fi tech people who were here told her that. Yeah. As Why a, do you think she's using so much bandwidth? What do you think she's doing over there? I think it's just an old computer. You don't think she's like on OnlyFans or something? Oh God, I don't, you didn't need to say that. (laughs) (laughs) I've never met the woman. So I, to each their own, you know? Oh my God. Anyway, so it's been working. So this has been, this has been Sam and his computer, everybody. Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening to. I got a new laptop, early birthday gift from you, dad. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing and fast. My other one was 10 years working well, so yeah. It was time. Anyway, the moral of the story is I'll mail you one of these Yetis back. 
Okay. Well, we'll be seeing each other in a few weeks. So maybe oh, you yeah. can just pack it. I'll just bring it. I'll just pack it. Yeah. yeah. That's a better idea. In, in any case, the snowball is working great because you can hear mom in the other room. It does sound really good. There's nothing really wrong with that snowball, but. Yeah. Let's do it's it. It's old. But it... is everybody still with us? We're still talking about movies. I don't know how we got off on modems and microphones, oh, but. When you said, is everyone that... still with us? I thought, did you mean anybody died recently? <laughs> I think they, I think they died of boredom listening to us rattle on. <laughs> I hope not. We didn't. We just minutes lose, oh, we lost. Um, we did lose somebody recently. We will ask Cormac McCarthy. Ah, yes, you made the away. collective global we. Uh, yeah. yeah, you know. The yeah. World. Were you a Were you a fan of Cormac? I'm a fan of his writing. I've read that he wasn't the nicest person in personal no. life. Maybe hmm. he. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I just got this off Wikipedia, so maybe it's not like it's not public information, but who knows if it's corroborable or not. But um, I read that when he was starting out, he had a wife and a kid, and his he basically told her, like, you have to work so that I can write. Mm. And you have to take care of the kid. And I don't know. And she I said... And she said, I'm divorcing you. <laughs> and she did. Is I got that from Wikipedia. So it's just, you know, so it worked I, I out. Is what you're thought, I do have this. It worked out great for him. But I have had this thought sometimes where I'm like, I read about these successful creators, usually writers, because that's who I'm most interested in, uh, or filmmakers. And I read about their careers and how, oh, and they were, you know, they had success when they were this age and they had a even though they had a wife and a kid at, at the time and it's like how like how did you have time and then i'm like oh i you know the wife is taking care of the kid that's how they had time so i don't yeah. know there's this there's yeah. this other side to these success stories think, that I don't know, doesn't get any acknowledgement speaking truth to women right now sure yeah but yeah that's just what i because i I don't, you know, I have basically zero obligations in my life and I can't get anything done. So how, <laughs> how, there's no way you were not raising that kid, but you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm not giving enough credit. Who knows? Uh, I don't know. Different. Anyway, uh, RIP Cormac McCarthy. Yeah. What's your favorite um, McCarthy not... property? Well, I, I mean, the movie, you know, Country for Old Men, we've talked about on this podcast. Yeah. Um, awesome. And I did enjoy the novel as well. But other novels of his, I have not enjoyed as much. I read The Road. Yeah. It was um, fine, very bleak. Didn't care for the movie that much. Yeah. Uh, and then I tried to read Blood Meridian and just could not mm -hmm. finish it. Uh, just uh, the it was one of his earlier ones. And I know a lot of people like that novel, but I just could not. Uh, get through it just the way his the way that he um, adopted his style of writing in that in that particular novel I just couldn't yeah. I had I had better things to do so I, I put it down sure sure yeah you put down that yeah. Pulitzer Prize winning novel to do the dishes <laughs> <laughs> to read something trashy but uh, how about <laughs> what about you uh no country for romance my favorite the book and the movie um yeah i like the movie more than the book but the book's also excellent the mm -hmm. uh road i read but i don't remember it so no comment 
Um, I read a couple of his books while we were on vacation in Georgia. Actually, I don't know if you remember that. Um, mm. But I read, I finished All the Pretty Horses while I was there and I liked it. I finished it, but it was okay. I probably won't remember much of it you know, mm-hmm. in a few months. And then I read the follow-up to that, which is... All the Ugly uh, Horses. All the Ugly Horses. Uh, shoot, what is that called? Hang on. All the Pretty Cows. All the Pretty... All the talented mongoose crossing. Okay. The crossing. So the crossing ultimately overall also kind of lukewarm on it, but I think the first like 120 pages of that book are an amazing novella and he should have stopped there Mm. actually because it's about this kid who runs away from home because he traps a wolf that has come up from Mexico and is on their land. Uh, and he traps it. He's like a 16 year old kid. He traps this wolf. And then he decides that instead of killing it, he's going to take it back to Mexico so it can go live in Mexico where it's supposed to be. And, uh, so he goes on this journey with this wolf and it's really good. Uh, and it has a quite sad ending. Um, and I just wanted the story to be done after that, but then it goes Mm -hmm. on and on and on. And like his brother comes into it and it's, it it just felt, felt kind of aimless after that. But First 120 pages of that book. Would recommend reading them and then just stopping. Okay. Yeah. Well, All the Pretty Horses was made into a film, you know, with... Uh, yeah, with uh, Toby... Oh, what am I thinking of? I thought Toby McGuire was in one of these. Matt Damon, Matt Damon was Damon. in that one. I've been wanting to see it, but I've never seen it. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. Hmm. Matt Damon, Penelope Cruz. Oh, Henry Thomas. Bruce Dern. Sam Shepard. Wow, this is stacked. Okay. Yeah, good cool. cast. Yeah, never saw um, it. It's directed by out. Billy Bob Thornton. Hmm. You know, I uh, interned for his management company. And, Billy Bob Thornton's? Yeah, and apparently he oh. won't get in an elevator by himself. Oh, really? What's he afraid of? I don't know. Or is he just... I didn't press the issue. Hmm. But I was I mean, I would always he... ask why. I should have asked why. why. What was the context in which you learned that fact? I was just talking to one of the people who worked there. Yeah. And they said he won't get an elevator alone. Yeah. So don't, the advice was don't trick him into getting into an elevator by himself. Ah, I gotcha. (laughs) Hit the the door close button. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) See you, Billy. (laughs) See you on the lobby. (laughs) See you on the ground floor. (laughs) Sucker. (laughs) I'm always having a panic attack. Oh, terrible. Hollywood Don't do stories. that to anybody. That's awful. For all you know, he got stuck in an elevator once. Well, you know, why are we here? We, we <laughs> are back. You're we are back. Big, you're asking the big questions now. Why are we, we are here? back. We, uh, I don't think there's an answer to that question. I think you have to make your own answer and that's why life's so hard. Yeah. God, you're really stumping <laughs> me today. I just don't know how to respond to you. You, you're coming at you're coming at me hot. I just don't know how to deal. Okay. Well, you had some. Uh, do you want to? Do you want to? Uh, well, I, I don't know if we really fully explained why we're you know back after all these months and yeah, we've right. got your technical issues resolved. Uh, mm-hmm. We were going to do uh, a movie uh, like we had done the previous eight or nine episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, we decided since we'd been gone for so long that we should just kind of warm back up to 
um, what we've been doing and just uh, kick around kind of what's been going on this summer, um, yeah. what kinds of things we've been watching, um, and then kind of ramp back up to uh, picking a movie and discussing it at greater length. So that's what we're going to do in this episode. Great. So a, a catch up episode. Yeah, kind a, of a catch a re, up episode. A regrouping, uh, a rendezvous. Uh, yep. What else can you call this? A, a renaissance. No. Uh, a rapprochement. So. <laughs> uh, I don't know what that last one is. Uh, uh, resistance is futile. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> kind of exhausted all my yeah, R words. Start with R. Okay, cool. So I think you had some questions you wanted to start with. Is yeah. So true? I had a. I was going to start this podcast by uh, asking you, as we sometimes do, just to get things warmed up. And uh, I thought, well, why not just go ahead with that? So I wanted to ask you because I heard this on another podcast, and I thought it was an interesting question that we could discuss. And that is, uh, what three movies would you say defined your childhood, Sam? And I Great. have an answer to that question for you, but I was wondering uh, what you would say the answer to that question was. And Wait, you, see have a, how... you have the answer as to what three childhood movies define my childhood? Yes, I do. Oh, uh, I thought you were going to talk all, about your childhood. Well, I can, but I was going to talk about your childhood because after all, I was there. So you, Yeah, that's true. And you probably remember it better than I do, if anything. I might. I don't know. <laughs> you were... It was your childhood, not mine. Yeah. Um, well, okay. So I like that a lot. I like that you're going to answer that question for me as well. But then I also do want to talk about your childhood movies. Oh, well, I can, I'm prepared. So, okay, cool. Um, great. I love this question. Um, it's hard to pick just three. Um, and also childhood covers some ground. So I guess youngest, 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 um, I would have to say. I would have to say the Star Wars prequels um, because I've always loved Star Wars. Uh, I don't remember what the first Star Wars movie I saw was, but the first one I remember seeing is Attack of the Clones in theaters. And so I think that um, not necessarily that movie by itself, but just the Star Wars prequels as a little child, because uh, I would have been five or six at the time, um we're just awesome and then by the time the third one came out i thought it was like the greatest movie in the world because i just loved everything about it it was and this probably a lot of people would agree with this given how popular star wars is but it just combines all the elements of fantasy and science fiction that i like the most uh and as a kid who read a lot of fantasy novels uh it was perfect i was a perfect age um i was playing outside with you know uh my friends pretending to be jedi on the playground it was just yeah and it was just uh as far as being a little little tiny kid those are the perfect movies i think to come out at that time because i was also too young to see that they're not that great you know <laughs> i was able to appreciate them in a very pure you know kind of uh with a halcyon kind of glow around them you know i really i really idealized them um, and I still love those movies. I don't really care how bad they are. I think they're amazing. But at some time, at some point, nostalgia takes over. It doesn't really matter the quality of the movie. You just remember it, yeah. remember them fondly. And yeah. 
I find a lot to enjoy in them anyway. Um, I mean, it's been a while since I've seen them, the, the mm-hmm. prequels, but um, I don't, well, I don't know. Maybe I'll change my tune if I do watch them again. I don't necessarily think they're as awful as people say they are. I don't know how you, if you agree with that or not. I don't, I never thought that they were awful. I thought that no. they are different from the first trilogy. Definitely. Um, and yeah, uh, the tr- Star Wars trilogies were on my list, Sam. Uh, I would have Very said good. that that's probably a, a series of films that defines your childhood. Uh, again, based on how important they were to you, um, you know, how frequently we watched them. <laughs> um, watched them a lot. And, and I skipped, yeah. uh, I skipped through stuff. Yeah. I was, to get I was to, big on that. I was big on that when I was younger. I remember you loved how <laughs> Yoda did all his backflips and stuff in the, okay, the so Attack that's, of the Clones. We saw that in the theaters, right? Yeah. 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 So you remember that? And that moment just lit you on fire. That was just, it was so fun <laughs> to be yeah. there watching you enjoy that film. Yeah. When Yoda starts jumping around. I, d- I do remember yeah. this very vaguely, but I remember being in a theater seeing that. Yeah. yeah. So that's probably my earliest movie memory, actually, theater wise, or maybe at all. Huh. Hmm. Actually. Okay. All right. Yeah. So that actually makes that kind of special. That is. Huh. Yeah. That is. Love them. So what else? What else? Love you got? Star Wars. Okay. Um, so the other side, if uh, if I have two uh, two more movie, if I have two movie personalities, the first one is Star Wars, and the second one is westerns. And mm-hmm. the western that I watched over and over and over again as a kid was the Sons of Katie Elder. Oh, I missed that. I, you I missed picked it. a different John Wayne. Yeah. Did you pick Rio Bravo? I picked Horse Soldiers. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one was uh, less formative, I would say, but definitely watched it a lot. But I think <laughs> we watched it at Grandma's. That was a grandma movie. It was. Because I don't think we had it for the longest time. But when we'd go to Grandma's, Kellen and I loved watching that movie because we loved the fight at the end where the Confederates are just running down the street and there's a guy carrying the flag and he keeps getting shot and then somebody else picks up the flag and that guy gets shot. And we... <laughs> You know, we were, again, five, six years old, whatever. We thought that was the funniest thing in the whole wide world. We would, <laughs> we would watch that scene over and over again. We'd go outside and reenact it, pick up the flag, pick up the flag. Yeah, that movie. That movie, uh, also good, but n- not as formative. Yeah. But yeah. Sons of also, Katie Elder was your, was your John Wayne pick. Sons of Katie Elder is my John Wayne pick. Um, I, love, I love that movie. I think it's underrated, but also... At the same time, I acknowledge that it's probably not, you know, it's probably not the greatest movie ever, but it's Mm -hmm. unique. There's not, Mm -hmm. I can't name another Western that even comes close to being similar to that movie. I mean, it's about these four brothers who are essentially trying to pay for their mom's funeral (laughs) and uh, this town won't let them. It's, it's different. It's different. It's, and it it has, it has some of the, the, the classic Western elements. It's got a big, bad guy who's buying up you know a lot of it he owns a lot of the town and so you know the law can't really touch him or whatever so it has those elements that are very classic westerns but i think the context that besides that the context within which that is bathed which is they're here to look after their mom's estate and affairs after she dies is just unique and i i think and i think it deserves more credit also the soundtrack is incredible. The score is incredible in that movie. Yes, 
Um, I believe that's that Elmer Bernstein, if I remember yep. correctly. Um, so yeah, just love everything about the movie. Watched it tons of times. Um, again, another one where I would, when I was younger, would fast forward uh, to the gun battle at the end because it's an awesome gun battle. Mm-hmm. Take yeah. place well, before it. John Wayne was one of your very, uh, you know, uh, cherished um, movie stars when you were younger. And mm-hmm. I think we watched all of them multiple times. So, yeah, uh, none of none of the the major milestones of his career would have surprised me uh, if you had picked them. Yeah. 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 And I could easily pick Rio Bravo, but I don't remember watching that until I was a little older. I don't know if that's accurate. Yeah. But it, that feels like a middle school movie. Sons of Katie Elder yeah. feels like an elementary school movie. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if that's true or not, but. Hmm. I don't know. Do you remember watching Sons of Katie Elder? Oh, yes. Many, many times. Again, right? many times, yeah. <laughs> My favorite was, is yeah. uh, the bad guy. He's played by James Gregory, and he's just so sleazy he's a, and slimy. He's, he's a gunfighter, right? He's a black guy. <clears throat> Not the gunfighter, the boss. The boss. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. Uh, they seem like they just shot. He just, all he all he wanted to do was, uh, you know, have, be camera rolling when he's standing in front of this storefront. That's like every scene that's he's standing in front of this storefront. <laughs> <laughs> Telling bad guys what to do. You know, it's... Uh... <laughs> he's, it's also, uh, he's also shooting, he's target shooting quite a bit because he owns a gun store. And right. so half the time he's on screen, he's shooting targets while he's giving orders to his to his yep. guys. <laughs> and he's sitting in front of this storefront and it says guns behind him. So <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. 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 But, you know, dollar. they use that. They pay it off at the end because he, uh, that's how John Wayne gets him. Yep. Uh, not, a, not a very conventional John Wayne way to uh, kill somebody, actually, if you think about it. No. no. Shoot a barrel of gunpowder while a guy's in a gun store. Yep. Well, you do what you do. You do what you got to do, I guess. That's right. I mean, you got to bury your mom. You got to bury your dead mom. Yeah. No, I like that movie a lot. Very fond, very fond of that movie. And again, amazing score. Um, Third one. Third one is... And this may, this may, my choice may depend on how you define childhood. Let's see. Yes. Um, So I'll probably be surprised if you get this one only because I did jump ahead a little bit. I went ahead and did the first two again, were more like elementary school movies. And then this one is a middle school movie. So it's Inglorious Bastards. Inglorious um, Bastards. And I picked that one because kind of like I said with Star Wars, I was the perfect age for Inglorious Bastards when it came out. I did not see it in the theater, um, but I'm sure I saw it not too long after it came out. I must have been in middle school, 13 or 14. And that movie redefined what I thought movies could be, um, which is why I'm picking it as another formative, as a formative childhood movie, because the structure of that movie, not just in the chapter format, because we'd seen that before, and I'd probably seen Pulp Fiction before this, but just the fact that so little of that movie is about a through and through plot line. It's more like, it is in the second half, but before that, it's just a series of scenes that to somehow together form a coherent story, even though 
they don't advance a specific plot for a lot of it. Um, mm -hmm. And so that just redefined for me what a movie could be. I'd never seen anything like it before. It felt totally unique. Um, and I feel that way to this day about it. And also I think the stylistic flair in that movie is Tarantino at his best. I, I, I think he peaked with that movie, um, which is nothing to be, uh, you know, nothing, nothing against his later films, but I really do think he hit a high, a high note in that movie. I just think yeah. it's awesome. My appreciation of that film has grown over the years. At the time, I remember just kind of scratching my head about, so we're killing Hitler now. Uh -huh. I, and I know that there was a lot written about that, but it didn't just seem to make a lot of sense to me. Um, but um, I, uh, I've really grown to appreciate that movie uh, quite I a will, lot. I will say, I think the, the other reason that it redefined what I thought movies could be was I had never seen the movie equivalent of historical fiction before in a way that was so blatant. Um, and that was also revelatory. So yeah. I think I agree with you in the sense that it was kind of bemusing, but I think I responded to it with more of a sense of awe as opposed to like confusion or puzzlement or something like that. Yeah. 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 How has your appreciation for it grown? Oh, I just, uh, you know, I've watched it multiple times and I just uh, now kind of am in the, I, I like Tarantino. I like mm. all, pretty much everything he's done. And uh, yeah, it's, it's close to the top of the list of my favorite one of his films. Yeah. I just, he's, mm -hmm. he, he's turned history on his head multiple times um uh with uh some of his movies uh, most recently once upon a time in hollywood and uh that's at the top of my list now of my favorite one of tarantino's movies I love uh him. and he rewrote history in that one as well and mm -hmm. i just got more into the spirit of uh understanding you know kind of similar to you what movies could do and what they could be um which is what i think he was he was trying to offer and um, mm -hmm. yeah, I I think they're both taken in that light. They're both they're both very good, uh, you know, rousing entertainments. Mm -hmm. Even though they're quite bloody. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I that's a, what's so fun? I think I scored one and a half, one and a half on the three movies. Uh, I got the second Star Wars trilogy. Yeah. I got a John Wayne, so mm -hmm. I get a half point for that one. And then I completely missed mm -hmm. the third uh, pick. I thought you were going to pick Gross Point Blank. Surely, surely you were going to pick Gross Point Blank. Uh, totally fair. Totally fair. Um, <laughs> and it's interesting that I didn't pick that. And I'm not yeah. sure why I didn't pick that. It didn't even occur to me to pick that. Um, what? There must, nah, there must have been something about w the word formative yeah. that didn't... Uh, make me think of gross point blank even though that is my favorite movie of all time as you know yeah yeah um which i probably also saw i'm sure i was 13 or 14 when i first saw that movie and i'm glad you brought it up because it it deserves it definitely deserves recognition as far as being another movie that uh kind of redefined what i thought movies could be i mm -hmm. don't remember ever seeing anything that combined the comedy romance and action genres the way that movie does and kind of very similar to a tarantino film 
in a way. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And mm -hmm. also that movie is amazingly well-written has, well, it's a good story, first of all. And then the characters are great and the dialogue yeah. is great and everybody's so funny. And there's so many quotable lines. That movie is just, yeah, that movie's awesome. I think it's perfect. Yeah. Whatever yeah. happened to John Cusack? I don't know. I think he's around. I think he's on, he just is on Twitter, just spouting bile. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, at Donald Trump. Oh, at he's, Donald Trump. Well, yeah. it's worst thing is to, to spout vitriol at. Oh, uh, we just lost some listeners. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, really? You think so? From, are they from your office? No, that just assumes we have, it assumes we have any listeners. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we do. We've had downloads. We check the numbers, remember? Yeah, that's true. People um, out there. Do you want to hear the three movies that define my childhood? Yes. Okay. Number one. Charlton Heston in the Ten Commandments. Uh huh? that movie that movie was on television every well, Passover. Um <laughs> uh, most people would rec would recognize <laughs> it as being on television every Easter. Um because sure. those tend to fall around the same time of year, be based on the, right. you know, the, the Hebrew calendar. Because um, yeah, Easter watch... celebrates the Last Supper or the Resurrection? Well, Easter, I think, is changes every year. Uh, I don't know exactly how the calendar of Easter works. We're Jewish people. We don't yeah, understand Yeah, but I was, just, I was just trying to remember. I was just trying to remember what the actual holiday is about. Yeah, it celebrates the resurrection of Jesus, but the, the the actual commemoration is not unlike Christmas, which is always December twenty fifth. Easter is uh -huh. a different year, a different day every year. Passover is a different day every year, and they tend to be uh -huh. around the same time because I think there must right. be a lunar calendar element to the celebration of Easter. I don't know, but that's how the Jewish holidays fall is based on a lunar calendar, and um, so Ten Commandments is always on um at the same time uh, uh around easter time and we used to watch it on television every year and it was always so long that i always uh missed like the end of the movie because i was so young <laughs> i had to go to sleep so i, I never got that. to see how it ended um uh -huh. until i until... was much older until i was much uh -huh. older uh, uh -huh. when i was able to stay up but uh yeah always watching charlton heston uh turn into this uh this this prophet uh leading uh -huh. leading the hebrews out of slavery um was uh was quite a film event for us yeah as that movie children. is an event yeah yeah and it's really awesome. bad too it's not a, it's a bad movie <laughs> it's very is it that uh, bad it, and uh and baxter as nefertiri is hilarious in that movie you've got to see it again uh-huh um i have seen so it fair, semi recently i don't remember it being awful i just felt like a product of his time but maybe i just haven't seen enough movies from that era it's just so wonderful to to see her go oh moses moses it's, it's <laughs> hilarious whoops hang on okay i'm back okay so second movie that yes. i uh wrote down also charlton heston planet oh. of the apes Oh, yeah. yeah. Planet of the Tell Apes was another, another, you know, um, one of the early memories of going to the theater and seeing a movie. That movie is pretty freaky for a child. It was rated G at the time, uh -huh. um, but it is a very freaky movie to watch. Wasn't Alien rated PG? 
No, I think it was Things rated R. Changed. Yeah. I don't know. I think it was rated R. Jaws okay. was rated PG. Oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, which is hard uh-huh. to understand. Uh-huh. But the Planet of the Apes was rated G. And um, yeah, watching, uh, going to the theater and watching Charlton Heston and, uh, you know, run around in a loincloth, um, <laughs> getting chased by apes was uh, quite an event. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was, was lots and lots of sequels and we were into all of the sequels as well. And it was, uh, frequently, um, broadcast on television after the theatrical releases. Um, so yeah, we, uh, we were big fans of the planet of the apes. So you were, when did that movie come out? Uh, I think planet of the apes was late sixties, like 68, maybe. Okay. So you probably didn't see it till you were a little older or. Yeah, I think I was less than 10 when i saw it so you probably uh, saw it a couple years after it came out or something yeah something like that uh-huh mm-hmm. yeah uh, um and then the sequel the, the first sequel called beneath the planet of the apes that was even freakier and it was also rated g <laughs> but it was like uh-huh. a mushroom trip that movie uh that was uh also also quite um formative i would say but is that the one with the uh, guys I guess... with the big brains they have like their flesh is gone because oh. they've been exposed to nuclear radiation or something. Oh, um, what am I thinking of? I think I'm, a, I'm picturing Star- people. Oh, Star I'm thinking Trek. of Star Trek. Yeah. People with big brains who can read minds. Yeah. Is that Star Trek? Uh, it was a Star Trek episode called the menagerie with uh-huh. uh, aliens with big brains and cause pain and things. Uh-huh. This is not unlike that. This uh, beneath the planet leaves is not unlike that, but it's bloody and it's and it's you know a little bit violent. And uh-huh. It's uh, you know amazing that that got a G rating in 1970 or whenever it came out. Uh-huh. Um, that's probably one of the movies that really started me on my journey um, to uh, just be a real big fan of horror and sci-fi and genre pictures. Yeah. Uh, yeah, really love the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, you don't yeah. think you were too young to see it? I was too. I was too young to see it. But maybe that was for the best. It could have been. It scarred me for life, but it's, because it I, established I, I, your fascination with the genre, right? I, I have no regrets. Yeah, may not have impacted you that way had you seen it when you were older. Yeah, no, uh-huh. probably yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe would have well, seen yeah, it for that. Speculative, for, but for the silliness that it is, but it's, uh, it's, it's quite the film. You know, my favorite, uh, Charlton Heston movie is the big country. That's a good one. I think I didn't see that great. one until I was quite a bit older. I think, mm-hmm. you know, my favorite part of that movie is when they are, when they decide to fight, uh, you know, what I'm talking and, about the, fist, um, the fist fight, Gregory Peck Charlton Heston and Gregory Peck. Yeah. And they uh, fight for a long so time. They, they fight for like 15 minutes of screen time. Right. They fight for a long time in the middle of the desert with nobody else watching, and the camera zooms out and out and out until it's just these two teeny tiny figures in the big country. Uh, so they just look like a little dust cloud in the big country, yeah. and it's one of the most brilliant scenes, I think, ever. That is a great fist fight. Yeah, I love it so much. Yeah. That movie's awesome. Uh, third movie. Third movie. This movie, is, it's, I never saw it when I was a child. But it, uh-huh. it, I consider it a formative film. Okay. Again, probably for similar reasons to Planet of the Apes, is because I think it, it 
kind of simultaneously defined my relationship to the horror genre. It's called Scream and Scream Again. It starred Vincent Price. It starred Vincent Price. Uh And my father took me to see a Vincent Price double feature. Uh Uh, And it was uh, Dr. Fives and Scream and Scream Again. I think I was probably, again, maybe 11. Uh And I made it through Dr. Fives, but I just refused to sit through scream and scream again because the poster of this movie which you they were prominently displayed outside the movie theater i could see the poster and it was a jar of human body parts that was the poster ah ah and i I told my father i can't i i no i can't do it take me (laughs) so uh i've i've since seen scream and scream again uh i've seen dr fives Uh dr fives is definitely the scarier bloodier film (laughs) (laughs) scream and scream again is comparatively stupid how could you but uh how could i have known Uh, Mm -hmm. but i when i think about my childhood in movies i think of scream and scream again the movie that i refused to see because the poster scared me so bad uh so then you saw it later i guess i did see it in when i was an adult yeah but yeah. you're saying it was formative because of the poster alone. The poster alone. That's uh, impressive. Did it. did it. That's really impressive. Um, you know, that wouldn't phase an 11-year-old these days. A, a jar full of body parts? Yeah, on a poster. A jar full of bloody uh, body parts? I, yeah. I don't think I that would phase know. an 11-year-old. They're like it's, watching beheadings on yeah. YouTube and stuff, right? It's, yeah, I guess. That's probably just a... <laughs> Just, uh, just the latest. Uh, in a tick, in I don't a think tick, that's gonna. Key. Yeah, I don't think that's gonna move the needle, move the dial. No, maybe not. Uh-uh. I was mm. young and innocent. Times have changed. Those were my formative. My three formative film. Three formative films of Great. my childhood. Yeah. yeah, I know of two of those. I haven't seen the last one. Yeah, it's yeah. not really worth seeing. It's not that good of a film. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, it's mostly the uh, experience around it. Yeah, change things for you. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Okay. Well, I have a, a question for you. Okay. As long as we're questioning each other. All right. So, question. all right. I have, well, it's one question, but I have some, some, uh, what's the opposite of a follow-up question? I have some pre, uh, some pre questions. I have some okay. questions to all ask right. you before the main question. Um, okay. have you seen a serious man? Yes. Okay. Have you seen uncut gems? Yes. Okay. Have you seen Bo is Afraid? Yes. Okay, I have not seen Bo is Afraid, but uh, I read a little bit about the opening sequence. The reason I'm asking you about these movies is A Serious Man Opens Inside of an Ear Canal. Okay. Okay, I forgot that. Uncut Gems opens technically uh, inside a, or um, in a mine, like an overhead view of a mine, a la The Exorcist. But... Um, then it goes into a gemstone and then the gemstone, uh, sin, um, scintillating psychedelic crystal crystalline structures transformed into a colon. Okay. And then we come out of <laughs> a out human of colon. colon. <laughs> uh, so we got ear canal colon and then Bo's afraid. I read, I have not seen it, but I read it begins inside the womb. It's true. So my question is, what is it with all these Jewish movies and beginning inside the body? <laughs> uh, 
Oh, good question. Good question. I don't really know. Now, I have the answer to that. I have precisely no working theories about this, except for they're all just referencing each other. Yeah, that's uh, well, that's my only idea. Is Uncut Gems a Jewish movie? I mean, Serious Man is definitely very seriously about Judaism and and Jewish um, philosophy and religion. Um, yeah. Bo is Afraid is definitely about um, uh, a Jewish uh, mother-son relationship. Um, uh, it's not very explicit in Bo is Afraid, but if you know, you know, you know. Sure. <laughs> um, it's Which there. I, only, I kind of only know by association because I, yeah. I don't think I have a traditionally Jewish mom in most ways. No, you don't. No, you don't. Um, but, uh, but is Uncut Gems a Jewish movie? It's got Jewish I think philos philosophically, I don't think so offhand, but yeah. the main character is Jewish. The filmmakers are Jewish. Um, yeah. Most of the characters are Jewish. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's prominent. It's a movie in which the characters are prominently Jewish. So I, I threw it in there. All right. All right. All right. Well, but, I don't have an answer to your question. I apologize. Uh, you know what we should I don't do? Know what would be. Yeah. What? Do, you know any, do you know anybody in the in the rabbinate yeah of course Do you, yeah maybe we should have somebody on uh well we could we can see if we could get somebody <laughs> up, approach this could do uh, a, a theological way yeah 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 like just father see, like I'm son just like curious you know what 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 biblical groundwork has been laid that led to this is what i'm asking hmm. And also, are there other examples? I did not look. These are just the ones that I thought of, and it seemed like three is a crowd. But yeah. I wonder if there are more examples. I would, have to, I would have to give some thought to that. Maybe on our next episode, we can give it a little thought between now and then and come up with a list of, right. of uh, films about Jews or Judaism that start inside of a body. Inside a human body. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. It's a very niche category. It's very neat. But it's blowing up. I mean, the last <laughs> 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, I didn't think that would really bear much fruit, but I thought it was worth pointing out. Well, it's an interesting observation. Now everybody needs to Anyone revisit those theories. films. I just saw Bill is Afraid. I, I literally just saw it. Um, How was it? I. It is a strange film. Um, That's what I gathered. I like Ari Aster. I like his first two films. Uh, they're horror films. Mm -hmm. um, this one is, you could say, a horror film in a way. It's not uh, a horror film like the other two are horror films, but it is. Um, it deals with uh, uh, definitely a lot of anxiety. <laughs> the title will tell you. It deals with a lot of anxiety and existential uh, uh, concerns. Mm -hmm. um, and uh it it certainly ends on a dark mode. I, I would say it's more humorous than it's you know it's not really classically scary um but uh it's it's a strange film i feel like if i put my tv on a couch and watched it i ought to be able to send ari aster a bill <laughs> wow okay yeah yeah he's working <laughs> some he's working some things out <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> wow yeah, uh, I don't know if I'll see that. It's it just based on reading a, about it. I don't know. It didn't sound like it would appeal to me, to be honest. It's I a did love commitment. It's a commitment. I did, love I did like. Though. 
hereditary is good and you know he's got a thing yeah. about mothers it's, i mean and that was about uh -huh. you know a, a mother-son relationship as well and uh -huh. uh, you know this one is you know that's very much uh what it's about although it takes a while to get there but it's there's a lot of about it to admire um uh it's it just takes a long while to get where it's going and then when it does get where it's going it's um very um apocalyptic in a way okay um, yeah so cool. it's an interesting film i i wouldn't not recommend it but it wasn't my favorite of the year nope okay and it did indeed begin inside a human body yeah what's going on yeah, yeah. anyway and Things speaking of apocalyptic, I was, uh, have you seen Oppenheimer? No, have I, you seen uh, nope. I, oh. uh, yeah, we live, I mean, I mentioned before, I live in the middle of nowhere. We do have a movie theater here. I don't believe they showed Oppenheimer. I would have had to drive minimum three hours to see it hmm. anywhere, but, uh, they did show Barbie. I don't really have movie going friends out here. I don't. Mm -hmm really know any cinephiles um and i am happy to go to a movie alone but i draw the line at barbie i did not go see <laughs> but, uh, was not gonna show up by yourself to see barbie huh? no i mean you know nothing wrong if you do but i just i couldn't do it yeah and also i wasn't that movie would have only been fun to see with other people for me mm. i didn't really have a desire to see it outside of let's go have a good time seeing this probably ridiculous thing uh so yeah yeah we haven't seen barbie yet but we did see oppenheimer okay what do you think um well uh after it was over mom turned to me and said that was a masterpiece and yeah she I loved it and i turned to her and i said did did i miss something uh <laughs> wow i did i did not feel the same way but it's it is a good film uh -huh. um it is a good film but there's well, go there's go get her i just heard her I just heard her leave. Oh, I don't know. She's go get her and ask her about. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know. I'll have to ask her about it. She uh, she did enjoy uh, how it um, handled, you know, some of the historical elements uh, mm -hmm. around Oppenheimer after the um, explosion, because the you know it all builds up. The first two hours builds up to the Trinity test. And then there's another hour. There's another hour of um, uh, a lot of men in room talking. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's, you, that's yeah, kind of you, the movie. You're not. Yeah, you're not selling it. Um, you, it's a lot sounds of, like you were underwhelmed. A lot of men in room talking. I found I found the sound mix to be a little bit distracting. It was hard to hear dialogue. Um, I'm of the view, as many uh, people have commented, that the uh, treatment of the females in the movie you might as well have skipped it um based on the uh -huh. way that they were depicted um uh -huh. so um yeah i wasn't uh, as high on it as mom was i'm not saying it's bad i think it's good i think it's worth seeing uh -huh. <clears throat> but it is um not as good of a film as i had hoped it would be i actually found the trinity you know i was thinking christopher nolan oppenheimer nuclear explosion this should be, you know, pretty amazing. And it was less than amazing. Um, huh? Yeah, that was, okay. that was the, probably the biggest disappointment for me as like, I was expecting the, 
that moment to really be awesome and it wasn't for me. Wow. Okay. No. no. Based on our, the way that we have been not aligning in terms of how we react to movies lately, I'll probably like it a lot. Yeah, there you go. Because every time I don't like something, you do. And every time you like something, I'm like, yeah. That's been the pattern lately. Yeah, kind of has been. Kind of yeah. like Election, the movie we were going to talk about today. Yeah, we can talk about it briefly. Yeah. Well, uh-huh. uh, Alexander Payne, Election, Matthew yeah. Broderick, Reese Witherspoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I wanted you to see it. I didn't think you had seen it. You indeed hadn't seen it. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought it was uh, a very um, sharp and um, funny satire about not mm-hmm. only high school um the high school experience, but also just kind of politics in general. Um, Matthew Broderick is hilarious in the film. We th- Reese mm-hmm. Witherspoon is hilarious, but mm-hmm. you were you were not sold. No, I don't even disagree necessarily with most of what you just said. But um, I just I can't really do cringe comedy. I don't I don't know. It just doesn't. Maybe I just don't like to cringe. But it uh, yeah I don't know. I have a hard time enjoying it because at times it just kind of feels too real almost when you're witnessing these people do these incredibly pathetic things basically just to get laid Uh, yeah it's just it's i don't know um yeah i mean it has the ring of truth for sure but it's not what i go to movies for i don't think so yeah but I don't disagree that I think Reese Witherspoon is the standout. I think Chris Klein was awesome. He was so funny. Uh, yeah. And Matthew Broderick was great. He always is. So yeah. it's not that I like detested the movie. It's just very much not the thing that I would choose to go to um, of my own volition Yeah, when it comes yeah. to picking a movie. So, yeah. Well, that's mm-hmm. the the five minute recap of what we would have uh, talked about if we had uh, kept on our, on our path yeah. of uh, <laughs> yeah. talking about movies yeah. that we picked. Maintained yeah. our schedule. Yeah. Yep. And gotten derailed. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we're going to get back on schedule now, right? Yeah. I hope so. This seems to be yeah. working fine. So we're trying to get these out every couple of weeks or so, or, you know, maybe uh, mm-hmm. at most a month. Um, right. so ho- hopefully now that we've got some technical issues worked out, we, you know, can, uh, keep to the schedule and, uh, give you that, that good conversation that you've grown accustomed to getting <laughs> from like father, like son, like movies. Yeah. 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 Uh, we're, co- we definitely have gone enough time, but, um, just before we sign off, I do want to talk about, um, couple of things i've watched recently one of which is thief oh, thief uh james con james con i had not seen that before mm-hmm. i love michael mann uh oh. he's made some of my favorite movies which uh one of which is heat um mm-hmm. which i think is quite quite excellent and then my favorite movie that made. Made. what we just got made <laughs> i don't even remember that part it's been oh. a while but i need I to hold on like... to my angst i need to hold on to my angst <laughs> This, these are Al Pacino lines, aren't they? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a lot in that movie, but I think he's, he's funny. But uh, yeah, 
uh heat is great and then one of my favorite movies which i know is also one of your favorite movies is last of the mohicans um mm, yes i love which that is just that movie's just perfect so michael so man romantic. big fan um so romantic another amazing score and which is my chief comment about thief actually is the score um i think mm. it's a great movie and i think it's pretty much flawlessly executed it felt like something I'd seen before, but I don't know if that were the case at the time, if that's how people reacted. Probably hmm. not, given the... Given no, the I think it was well-reviewed at the time. It was a Palme d'Or competitor. So, oh, wow. Uh, yeah. and But it, it does feel... And maybe this is a maybe this is because of this movie. Maybe it's people um, imitating it. But it does feel like I had... The, pretty formulaic as far as criminal who doesn't really want to be a criminal anymore has got, got bigger dreams um you know wants to start a family of course it doesn't work because he's a criminal uh has to send his wife away the only the only part that surprised me was that he didn't die at the end um mm. i really thought he that that's where they were gonna go but you know he killed everybody and walked away that's pretty cool um, for thief, everybody yeah well it's been you know <clears throat> yeah 30 years 40 years or whatever yeah um, I haven't seen score, that one in a while. I need to see it again. It's been a while yeah, since I've The score it. is amazing. That that was the first thing that just riveted me. The as soon as the movie starts is Tangerine Dream. Yeah. Um. So it's this electronic, uh, but it's kind of well, I don't know how to describe it. It's kind of harsh. Like it's it's uh, it's not like smooth and new space or whatever. It's it's like kind of in your face, but it's it's mm. awesome. It's kinetic. And it actually really reminded me of Uncut Gems um, because they use a similar sort of sort of score in that. Um, theirs is more ethereal, I think, but um, it was just like, oh, I wonder if these movies are talking to each other. That's kind of cool. But um, Thief, loved it. Fantastic. And also, I just yeah. love James Caan, even though he doesn't turn his head when he turns. He just turned his whole body. It's just kind of strange. <laughs> <laughs> but he must have uh, some fused neck vertebrae or something. He must, and it, it <laughs> he does that in every every movie. Uh, yeah, he probably had an accident. We're laughing at him. It's not nice. Yeah, that's not nice. I hey, love him though. Piece, also, I, I, think, right? I don't know if he's alive. Or I, think, not. I think he passed. But um, have you seen Sorcerer? No, Sorcerer by uh, William Friedkin, starring okay. Roy Scheider. Mm-hmm. another tangerine dream score okay you just inspired me our next movie is going to be sorcerer um right. i was i had a different one listed but um since you were so taken with the score i'm gonna i'm gonna inflict another one on you um and yeah. also in honor of the recent passing of uh, william Friedkin, uh just passed yes. away this week yeah i read that uh, uh -huh. in the eighties. And, uh, people always talk about William Friedkin in the context of the French connection and the exorcist. Um, yeah. but I think sorcerer, um, stands up, uh, with both of them. Uh, you could, um, definitely include it in the same conversation with both of those, uh, films as, uh, as really, um, a wonder, uh, to, uh, to experience. It's, uh, it's quite a good film um so i'm going to uh suggest that our next uh podcast be about the movie sorcerer cool all right sounds good to me all right so that's what we'll do next time 
we have gone on much longer than we thought we would, uh, just talking about nothing at all. Yeah. But uh, we're happy to uh -huh. be back, and we're looking forward to um, picking back up on a, a more regular schedule. Yeah. Anything else you'd like Great. to say to the people before we leave? No. How about you? No, I'm good. This is the father. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, thank you to my good friend, Michael Sacco, who did our cover art, which we have now. Um, looks awesome. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review on Podcatcher of Choice if you want to tell us what you think of the show, if you have thoughts or suggestions, or if you want to tell us your theories about Jewish movies and starting inside bodies, you can send your those thoughts to likemoviespod at gmail.com, which will also be linked in the show notes. Uh, and that's all we got. That's all we got. Cool. Everybody take care. See you next time. Bye-bye.